Good morning again. So we're in the midst of this series called Surprised by God, and we actually finish it up next week. And I want to go ahead and give you a heads up of what's coming in August. We are going to have a prayer focus in August, and so our, our sermons and it are going to be focused on prayer, but it's just not isolated to August, just as we have made reading the Bible part of who we are. And you can continue to do that through our Bible reading plan that you can get online at concordunited.org slash Bible or um, at the information desk. We'll have a new Bible reading plan that starts August 7th. In addition to that, we're just going to have a focus on prayer. We're just acknowledging these things that undergird us as followers of Jesus, reading scripture and being in prayer. So that is coming up in a couple of weeks. But before that, we're going to continue to be surprised by God. And as I have said a couple of times, like there's part of me that feels guilty that I am surprised by God because God is God. Isn't he supposed to do big and amazing things? And yet we are continually surprised by him. And today we're going to talk about how we are surprised by his presence Wednesday, midday, I found myself at Church Street United Methodist Church. I wasn't leading or participating in a service. I was sitting in a pew. And I want you to know there is something so precious about getting to do that. I sat there in that incredible, beautiful sanctuary. As I sat there, I was there because a good friend of mine was taking the seat of recent widow. I was at a funeral. And the lady who introduced the scripture and read the scripture for the service was, if you heard my story about my call story, she was the lady I met with who talked to me about walking through the fog. And during the reception after the funeral, I got to tell her. Um, Because sometimes people have influence on our life and we never tell them about that. We never share that. So I got to tell her that. But she started, before she started reading the scripture, she talked about my friend and her husband who had died suddenly and talked about their love story, a love story that came later in life that was really short in many ways and how there was heartbreak in that. There was so much more they wanted to do in so many other ways. They wanted to be and continue to be together. And as she talked about the sadness and the suddenness of the death and the heartbreak of that, she said these words, we can be assured God is here. It was just this gift of words, of reminder that even on a day in which none of us wanted to be there, that was the last place we wanted to be. We didn't want him to be gone. Yet there we were in the midst of things we don't always understand and timing that we wonder about. And in the midst of that, God is here. Have you had those moments that just don't make sense, that are surreal. How did we get here? What happened? And God is present. 
Haley sang the song, Surely the Presence of the Lord is in this place. And I did a little historical research about it. I would ask Haley if she knows when it was written and by whom, but she says no. Um, so I'm going to help. It was actually written in 1977. I find that interesting. It's not that old, but I guess that is almost 50 years old, but who's keeping up with the math of it all? It was actually written by a guy who wrote it for a new church building dedication. And he, he talked about what I read about was that Genesis 28:16 was the verse that inspired the song. And I have to admit, I have read Genesis 28 before. It's a story about Jacob's ladder, of how angels ascended and descended this ladder in, in Jacob's dream. But I, I heard the words new this week as I prepared for the sermon. This is what Jacob says in Genesis 28, 16. Surely the Lord was in this place and I was not aware of it. Isn't that how God surprises us with his presence? His presence is, is always there, yet we are not always aware of it. See, God being present is core to who God is. It is one of his attributes, one of his characteristics, my first semester in seminary, one of the classes I took was basic Christian doctrine. And I have to admit, going into it, I'm like, this sounds exciting, right? We're, see, y'all get it. You too. Or, and it, it ended up being one of my top 10 favorite classes in seminary. It was, it was amazing. And we, we had this, my husband called it a tome. It was a very thick book. And it is, I have it in the office in one of a place of significance for me because of the significance of what it says about who God is. You see, there are characteristics about our God that are non-negotiable. It's not like, well, maybe he is or maybe he's not. It's attributes. It's characteristic. He is one God. He is not divisible he is one God. There's the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, the Trinity, but that's not three different people. It is one God. Our God is infinite. There is no limit to our God. His bigness, he is infinite. He is immeasurable. Have you ever tried to take a picture of some beautiful scene? Could be at the ocean or the mountains or something you're taking a picture of and you, get, and you say, I just can't get a good picture. It's because you can't take a picture of God. He's immeasurable. God is eternal. He doesn't have a beginning or an end. He is eternal always. And he's a living God. We believe and worship in a living God. Not just a God from a long time ago, but a living God who is alive and well and in our midst. Three characteristics that we often hear, I'll use, I'll try to use some theological words. Omniscience, all-knowing. Omnipotence, all-powerful. And omnipresent, all, always present. 
our God is always present. It's part of who he is. It's not negotiable. It's not about us. It's about him. Our God is always present. The give, one of the gifts about God's presence is it doesn't depend on us. God's presence does not depend on our awareness. I once heard a speaker say how we hear people say, I found God. And what the speaker said is God was not the one lost. Because God is always there. God is always present. Think for a moment about those times when you are most aware of God. Is it a place? Is it an event? Is it people? Where is it that you are most aware of God? God's presence is at the birth of a baby when finally, after nine months or how many ever months, you actually get to hold the baby and God's presence is there. God's presence is there on a wedding day. God's presence is there as we sit by our loved one's deathbed. God's presence is in the exam room or the doctor's office when we get told of that diagnosis that we just can't believe. God's presence is there. God's presence is there early in the morning when we go to God in his word and through prayer. God's presence is there in the midst of the darkness and deafening silence of the night. God's presence is part of who he is, and it's not dependent on us. Surely, the Lord is in this place, and I was not aware of it. But let's be honest. We're like, that sounds good. That's basic information. But let's be honest, Brooke. We get distracted. There are things that distract us. It doesn't mean that God is not present but there are things that distract us. We are distracted from God's presence for countless reasons, yet our distractions do not keep God from being God. I did something the other day um, that I wasn't sure. I even Googled to make sure I was using the right language because I don't want to use the wrong language. But I did some crowdsourcing on social media which meant this, that I tossed a question out on Instagram and Facebook. I didn't know if anybody would answer. I didn't have any cool picture to go with it. I wasn't, it, what I posted wasn't brilliant. It was just simply a question. What distracts us from God's presence? Because as I was putting the sermon together, I was writing all the things that distract me from God's presence. And then I started thinking, Maybe I, I am not all-knowing, so maybe I should ask others what distracts them from God's presence. And this was some of what the responses included. And I'll be honest, I got way more than I ever dreamed, and it became this incredible, not only for me, but even the interaction that took place with others and conversations. 
So there are the basic things that we think about, busyness, technology, specifically cell phones and social media, basics of paying the bills and raising the kids and working our jobs and the schedules that go along with that. Several people noted control, our need to control things makes it so that we are less aware of God's presence in our life. Complacency. Anyone experience that? Where I've been doing this a while, like I even think showing up on Sundays, can be, we can become complacent about that. This is what we do on Sundays. We show up. Is it just another thing that we do? Or is this truly a worship experience for, for us? That the focus is God. We become complacent in our daily spiritual routines. Sin distracts us from God's presence. As we get focused on our, our agendas, our ways, and we find ourselves not aligned with God's will. Someone noted, and I could resemble this, is our ability to not need God. We got this. Because let's be honest, as long as we can financially, intellectually, resource-wise, network-wise, manipulation potentially-wise, as long as we can figure something out and work the plan, then we don't need God really. Or so that's what we think. We got this. I've got it taken care of. God, I'll get to you when I don't need it, when I can't do it. When actually... God's presence is always there. Worry and anger and fear. Some folks talked about how our American culture is contrary to needing God's presence. Because we need more and more and we can do it by ourselves. Lack of intentionality. Not being still and knowing that God is God. Not being intentional about that. Like we know we need to do it but yet intentionally doing it sometimes is a challenge for us. Just flat out laziness, you know, shout out to the person who was honest about being lazy. And then time and time again, self was noted. I, me, my, mine. I am focused on me. What do you think about me? That was a joke. There was some sarcasm in that. It's not as good as Will's jokes, but it was... I just thought I'd throw that out there. Yeah, we're all we think about. Being intentional about God's presence. I also thought about how loneliness and isolation can hinder our awareness of God's presence. It's hard to be alone and how that manifests itself. Someone noted to be aware that, that depression is a chemical imbalance. And so being careful not to shame ourselves in those moments about we're not good enough, we're not worked hard enough. This isn't a shame and a guilt. This is an awareness of we're not good or bad, right or wrong. We are seeking God. So the question we have to answer is, what is currently distracting us from being aware of God's presence? Because he's there. 
That's a part of who he is. But what is it that is distracting us? 1 Corinthians, Paul says in 1 Corinthians, don't you know that you yourselves are God's temple and that God's spirit dwells in, the, in your midst? God's presence is with us. In the Old Testament, we see examples of God's presence being in the tabernacle and literally in the temple. So when Paul uses these words that we are the temple, that we are God's temple, it is, this, it is this connection to how God's presence is described in the Old Testament and how it shifted from being in a place to being within us. But first of all, it came through the incarnation of Jesus Christ, the incarnation of God through Jesus Christ, when God came to be with us through Jesus, fully human, fully divine. God came to be with us. You see, our God is a with us God. His presence is with us. And through the Holy Spirit as Jesus ascended, through, after his ascension, that through the Holy Spirit that God is within us. I don't know about you, but take a moment to consider that. That God is within us. His presence. His presence is a part of who he is. It's not dependent on our awareness. Much distracts us. And his presence is within us. So if we believe that, if we acknowledge that, that God is always, is always present, despite our distractions. He's dwelling in us through the Holy Spirit. And the author of James reminds us there are actions for us to take. James says this, come near to God and he will come near to you. I know I said that God is always present. He's not dependent on us. But this thought of coming near to God, wash your hands, you sinners, and purify your hearts, you double-minded. James kind of takes us to task. Come near or draw near. How are you drawing near to God? Not just on Sundays, but each and every day. How is it that we come near to God? What is it? How do you spend time with God? How do you acknowledge God's presence? Recently sent some pictures of a hike to a friend, and she said these words to me. This is all she sent back. She said, be where your feet are. And I got this image of it being Jesus' feet, too. Like, am I in the presence? Am I aware? How is it that we are where our feet are, that we are where God is? We aren't too far in the past rehashing all that stuff. We're not too far in the future about what can or could or what if happens, but that we are in the present moment in the presence of God. James tells us to wash our hands, and we're like, yes, that's good hygiene. But actually, it's about being blameless, about living a clean life, 
about living a life aligned with God. Pure heart means right attitudes and motives. What are our motives? What are our attitudes? I recently have just been really aware of if I am allowing grace into my relationships. I like to put my own agendas into my relationships. But where is grace? It's been a way for me to focus on what are my motives. I don't know about you. Is it that you need to focus on drawing near to God and being intentional of that? Maybe what it is today is that you just need to take inventory of what it is that is distracting you from God's presence. Maybe it is you need to celebrate about how God is present in your life and that you are aware of it. The other morning, my husband, I was in, I was in the bathroom getting ready and my husband had left and our son was asleep in his bedroom. And we have a 90-pound yellow lab. Murphy is now 10 years old. He adopted us when he was seven. We got him in January of 2020, just in the nick of time. And I've never had a lab before, but gosh, he needs to be with his people, as my husband says. But the other morning, I'm in the bathroom, and I hear him barking. And he's not a big barker. He barks with intention, not just because he does it. So there was an intention, and it wasn't like there was, it wasn't a deep bark. It was this bark, hello, is anyone left in this house? Bark. And so I went to the bedroom door, and I, I, I called for him, and the click-click of his paws coming across the floor, and I let him in the bathroom with me, and he just laid down. He just laid down on the bath mat beside me, and because I was preparing this sermon, all I could think about was how he just wanted to be with me or one of us. And you know, he didn't ask for anything. He didn't need pets. He just laid on the floor, and it was this most peaceful rest that he had. He just needed to be near me. Not that I'm God, but the analogy that came to mind is that needs to be us. We need to call out, and we need to go into the presence of God. We need to come near God. For Murphy, it was the doors that were his barriers. What are our barriers or our distractions to being in the presence of our God? He is always present. It's a part of who he is. It's not dependent on us, yet we are distracted. God is amongst us, within us, inside of us. And there are actions that we need to take to go into his presence, to be aware and rest in the goodness of our almighty God. Let us pray. Oh Lord, our rock and our redeemer, our always present God. Lord, we take a deep breath. We acknowledge how we have become distracted 
We acknowledge those things that come between you and us, knowing that you never leave, that you are always present. Lord, give us wisdom and discernment about those actions we need to take as we come near to you, as we wash our hands and purify our hearts in you, through you, by you. Thank you, Lord, that surely you are in this place. Into your hands, may your will, that our will be done. Amen. Thank you for listening to this sermon from Concord United Methodist Church. This podcast is a ministry of Concord United, and we would love to hear from you. To contact us, please send an email to podcasts at concordunited.org with sermons in the subject line. For more information about Concord United, including worship times, service opportunities, mission efforts, and classes, please visit our website at concordunited.org. We also invite you to download and enjoy our daily devotional podcasts presented by the pastors and members of Concord United. Finally, we would appreciate it if you would leave a rating and a review of this podcast so that others can discover it and benefit from it.